East High. Hi. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. Hi, I'm Tyler. Are you just like mellow tones today? Hi. Oh no, I... he's broken. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm not broken. All right, it's a good bit, but also we need to talk about Minute 96 of High School Musical 2. Minute 96 starts out with... Sharpay saying mirror, mirror on the wall and ends with Sharpay wishing that Troy would be singing for her. Yes. We, we get another we get another full minute of Sharpay, but Troy joins her again. Yeah. Because what what is this movie about if not the relationship between Troy and Sharpay for some reason? Yeah, it's weird. That this is guess, the route they decided to go, but these are also your like your two most famous. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say now because like Vanessa Hudgens definitely like made a career for herself. Not that Ashley Tisdale didn't, but like at the time, Zac Efron and Ashley Tisdale were the two most like beloved actors in this movie. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And it's like, yeah, we want our two most popular people to ha- be on screen together. It'd be slightly different maybe if they had more chemistry. Like, it's not that they don't have chemistry, but it's like it's not like Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. Like, it's not like you have to have them on screen together because they're so perfect. Like, Also, like, they're not supposed to have chemistry because that's not the love interest. <laughs> yeah, that too. It, I'm trying to think of, like, another example of, like, other movies don't go out of their way to have like their two biggest actors on screen to eat together for the whole movie. Like, yeah, we keep asking where Gabriella is because she's not in it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm trying to think if like if Captain America: Civil War happened, but Tony Stark and Captain America were on screen together like every single scene. Yeah, like no, save it, save it for when it's meaningful. Don't just like have the whole thing about be about these two people like especially when you have an ensemble cast make it about the ensemble mm-hmm. yeah because the ensemble has definitely been relegated to the back for this movie yeah. they're there but they very they do very little and say very little especially when you're choosing like the two pasty white ones and <laughs> you're relegating the other non-pasty white ones to the back yeah so Sharpay has turned from chastising or not chastising herself but questioning herself to trying to build herself back up again she's got like a an alf a new outfit on from earlier we notice in this minute a little more clearly um and she's trying to pull like a mirror mirror on the wall who's the fairest of them all me kind of thing i'm guessing that's what she's trying to do she's looking for external validation from a mirror which maybe she's delirious at this point. I don't know how she thought she was going to get that. Maybe but she did give up in the middle of saying it. Yeah, she's like, oh, forget it. Like, she knows she's not the fairest of them all right now, which is okay. Yeah, well, also, this doesn't have anything to do with it, but I love a good um, ruined makeup effect where, like... The mascara like The lines. mascara, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's always fun in movies. Yeah, and hers is so artfully done. Like, it's still very pretty. <laughs> yeah, even it's though not she's like been super sobbing. Smudged, yeah. And 
suddenly Troy appears behind her and it's time for... It's time to make the music. It's time to light the lights. Were we doing a Muppet show thing? I don't know. It's time to... Yeah, well, I was. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, it's time to see Troy Bolton in the talent show tonight. It's time to raise the curtains, yeah. Um, something like that. So <laughs> Troy says, Sherpay, I'll sing with you. <laughs> like, wow. What a big sacrifice. And, and she says, what? <laughs> Correct answer. And he says... I made a promise, and I keep my promises. Which is a lie, because he <laughs> broke promises to Gabriella. Well, it's a lot. Like it's a standard that he has not lived up to for the course of this movie, but it's it's a standard that he, since singing "Bet on It," wants to hold himself to. You can't just call it a lie because he's trying to be better. Okay, fine. I was just like, dude, you're keeping this promise, but you went against Gabriella so many times. Well, he's trying to he's trying to have his cake and eat it too, definitely. But also Ryan and everyone told him to go sing with Sharpay. Like Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely like a not great position to be in. And he's doing it for the right reasons too, Condra, because eventually he says, If I sing, then the Wildcats have to sing. Yeah. Like that's the justification here. Yeah, it's not like it's the right thing, but he's utilizing his advantage. He's recognizing yeah. his privilege and... He's got leverage. Yeah. Yeah. Sharpay yeah, is surprised that he wants to sing with her. He's going to keep his promises. Even though, like, promises un- like made under duress don't, like, also don't have to count. Like, he was being forced to promise that at, yeah. at the time. Yeah, it's very inaccurate. It's like in The Phantom Menace when the Trade Federation is going to force Queen Amidala to sign a treaty. Like, yeah, but if, if, you, if you're forced to sign a treaty in war conditions, that's not, that's, that's why there's a conflict going on. <laughs> you don't just yeah, end it because someone got forced to sign something. Yeah, consent is not really there when there's a power imbalance. Yeah. And, and so here we go. We're going to get the big climax because... Sharpay is, you know, Troy has agreed to sing with Sharpay and she, you know, takes off her jacket to reveal that she's wearing the dress that she was going to wear. And I guess. Which is weird that she's changed again. Like she's been in three different outfits, like in the last 10 minutes of the movie. Maybe she's got like a quick change thing going on. I also like slash didn't like how she's like. This is a disaster. The captain of it looks like even the captain of the Titanic won the lottery in comparison to this. And I'm like, girl, don't be comparing yourself to that. That's too soon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not the most elegant of analogies, but, you know, it it, it works. Yeah. It's not terrible. Just a little like it's just a a talent show. It's tasteless. (laughs) It's a little exaggerated. Like, listen, listen, honey. This is not, no one's going to die tonight, but okay, we get it. You're over the top, Sharpay. Yeah. And then there's this other thing where after Troy says, look, if I sing, then the Wildcats have to sing. From outside, you hear like a glass break and like people falling over and like things clattering to the floor. It's so funny. (laughs) Like there's just like a, there's a big audience gasp. Like everyone in unison. (gasps) 
But unless unless we walk outside to reveal that the previous act was like a, a spitting plates act that that went wrong, then what's the point? Like, then then that sounds like it was just like a waiter dropped a tray or something. Not like that the show was going bad, but that like something in the dinner in general went bad. Yeah. Oh, what we didn't talk about in the last minute. There's one reaction shot of Mike Bolton watching Miss oh. Mrs. Hoffenpfeffer. Yes. And his face is like. Who boy, what did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah, I put on a suit for this. <laughs> so, yeah, but the pressure's on for Sharpay to make up her mind whether she will agree to sing with Troy and then risk being upstaged by the Wildcats. But Troy is like, what is the first thing you said to me when we got here? And <laughs> she's like, this. This bring me more iced tea? And he's like, no, think no. harder. We're he does that teacher thing that I have to do sometimes where you say the first letter of the first word. Yeah. And then she's like, we're all in this together. Which like, begs the question. <laughs> is that a thing that has canonically been established for the members of East High? Is this a catchphrase that actually exists in the real world? Is it a song that they know or is it just a phrase that they know? Maybe what, it's like what's a going on here. Fray? I, I bet. Yeah, because it raises a lot of questions. Was that mu- that that big dance number at the end real or not? I bet it's like a catchphrase, like "We're get your head in the game." Like we're all in this together is probably like, it's a like pep the pep rally kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a banner that's hanging above the cafeteria or something. Yeah, that was so joked up that it became sincere. Yeah, it circled back around to being sincere. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. We figured it out. <laughs> but it is real, though the song is still not. Yes, correct. All of this movie is non-diegetic songs. Even the ones that they are singing for the play. It's all just in their heads. They're all in a coma. Uh, Brains and jars! Uh, <laughs> that would be a great reveal at the end of High School Musical 3. And did we talk about this? You, you mentioned this before, that... Um, High School Musical 1 is like Troy passing out at the New Year's Eve party or something. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. This one would be Sharpay going unconscious after falling into the pool, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Or a big nap that Jason is having before... um, Oh, that's great, yeah. Before summer's summer's out, or summer starts. (laughs) And Jason's not even the main character of his own own dream, Troy Bolton is. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's great. So Which begs the question, if it's all a dream for Jason, is he in love with Kelsey or if is he in love with Troy slash Gabriella or Sharpay? Like is is Jason in love with Sharpay and that's why he's forcing this love intrigue between Troy and Sharpay? Anyway, we don't have to I'm sorry. I know, it's a lot to think about, Tyler. My brain is is falling into the inception realm. <laughs> um. So it's, it's just so interesting to think that like Sharpay has made the motions of trying to be a good wildcat, whatever that may mean, but like also flubs it so hard that it gets used against her. Yeah. She has to be reminded that we're all in this together. <laughs> Again, it's that like, you, when you see when you see the villain at their lowest and you realize that they're they're just a person mm-hmm. they're just someone who needs love and support just like everybody else and she's she's also a, a young person 
like yeah. even more so she's growing and figuring stuff out and and clearly insecure in in certain ways this movie didn't feel like it earned it like Sharpay as a character is still not one that we really like I this scene does not make me sympathize with her yeah at, at the she end has of the garnered day. no sympathy throughout this movie there's no reason we're having this scene right now at the end of the at the end of this minute she says I wish you were doing this for me implying that like she wishes Troy was actually like in love with her and doing this to make her happy as opposed to doing this to make the Wildcats happy. Mm-hmm. And that could be a moving sentiment. If, if it this was structured re- differently. If these were two characters that we actually like, that we felt like there was some sort of misconnection between, or we felt like there was some genuine thing, but like we agree with Troy that like, yes, he's doing this for the Wildcats, not for her. And there's no sympathy for Sharpay. And yeah, We've we've been on this train before with the whole sympathy for the devil. Sharpay is devil. Exactly. Yeah. Well. Well, again, this movie becomes vapid in the points where it should be fruitful, and we run out of things to talk about quickly. <laughs> it just we we also spent all of last minute talking about very similar things. I think it's just like f- for the movies by minute format. It makes a scene like this hard where it's not really long in the grand scheme of like the storytelling, but like for our purposes, it is repetitive. Yeah, especially when this is like the third or fourth time we've like cut back to Sharpay in the dressing room crying. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we get it. The talent show is not going your way. You're sad. You'll get over it because someone will decide to have mercy on you, whether you deserve it or not. Well, everyone deserves mercy, Kondra. Yeah, but if the story, like, it's <laughs> know, more know, does the story make it worthwhile to have mercy? I given was, to I me? was doing like a, like a, like a faux religious message. Although, uh, you know, t- to a degree, mercy is a, is a, is a good quality, and we should try to, try to be more forgiving in our lives than judgmental. But anyway, <laughs> want to do a crossover segment? Sure. So Tyler and I are going to present two different. Disney properties from 2007 or earlier, and we're going to try and figure out a way to make a TV special slash mashup of them. Yeah. So, Condra, have you thought of a Disney property that you want to be mashed up? I would like to mash up the classic Disney animated film, Sword in the Stone. Oh, great. I went a different direction. Cool. Literally, one could say. Speaking of going in different directions, there's an Epcot ride called the Test Track, which is car-themed. Yo, (laughs) I'm so excited. I have ideas already. (laughs) Okay, so Sword of the Stone is classic Arthurian legend. You get a young, like, poor boy who pulls a sword from the stone and then has to get trained to be a king. Kind Yes, but also before... He realizes that he befriends a local wizard named Merlin, who is this kooky old guy who is just generally teaching Arthur life lessons because he's in a very poor spot. He's the squire to a a mean knight and his son and is treated very poorly. So Arthur gives him moments of joy by transforming him into different animals, Um, like a, (laughs) a squirrel, a fish. Yeah, it's a weirdly um it's wholesome. vignette-based movie. Yeah. It's it's episodic in a way that 
isn't like a mainstay of feature films. No, but it but, matches the Arthurian legend quality of it. And it gives the movie a quirkiness that is a- actually makes it memorable and, and resonate in a way that like a big like epic would would be less fun for also the music this slaps. style of movie. The music in that movie is so good. Yeah, there's not like a ton of songs, but there's the one main Merlin song. There's Higgadus Figgadus, but there's also like that's what makes the world go round when the, he's a fish. And there's a song for the squirrels. Like it's songs to help him figure out the world. Um, yeah. And Mad Madam it- Mim has a great song too. Um, the villain at the end who's a, an, a, an opposing witch who has a duel with Merlin where they transform into different animals and different beings. And at the end, Merlin becomes like the flu, I think it is, or like the common pox and like makes- He becomes Mad a Madame germ, Mim- I think. Yeah, yeah, he's a germ and he makes Mad Madam Mim sick. So he's like a scientific wizard. Yeah. And then, um, what is the owl's name? That's a really good character. He's got like some Greek philosopher name. And on the other hand, we have test track. the test track, now, now, which now, is now, 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 now. a ride. We are going with the two thousand pre-2007 version of Test Track, which is my favorite version of Test Track, which is the Test Track dummy version. Yeah. It, so, yeah, the earlier version of the ride, instead of being like a weird advertisement for car companies. Well, GM um, specifically. Or Chevrolet, sorry, Chevrolet. Well, that's GM that's was always the original. been an aspect of the ride, but instead of instead of the ride being about like the different features that cars have and Tron aesthetics, and the the theme of the ride before was you are pretending to be a crash test dummy getting into this car, and we're going to take you through the different like experiments that get done on cars when they're being built with crash test dummies, and see <laughs> pretend to see how battered up you can get. The climax of the ride being, you know, you drive really fast towards a wall, but then at the last second, the wall opens up, and then you're just doing a speed test where you're going 65 miles an hour around this wide track loop, and in the middle of the loop, there are fancy cars (laughs) that you can look at, and you're going fast, and then the ride's over. Um, no, I still love Test Track, even the new version, but there was some, like, campy element to the old version with the narrator and stuff that it was like, now we're going through the corrosion chamber, and it was, like, just silly and fun, and I think it it, made more sense than what it is now, because, like, it was more, like, it explained better why you're going down a hill and it's all bumpy, because they when they upped when they reskinned it basically with the Tron aesthetic, they didn't change the track at all. So like there's still elements like the bumpy track, like you're going down like a brick road that like they're like, yeah, it's just a bumpy road. And it's like, no, it had a purpose before. I, I think that I think I mean, you've been to it more recently than I have, but it seems to I from what I remember, if you like pay attention and look and listen with detail, like, the the ride shows you and tells you like the what the different sections are supposed to be and you're like oh yes this is like a a trial for a car like oh we're testing the suspension which yeah. is why you go over the different surfaces it's yeah. like oh all the different like aspects that make a car function right the brakes and the the tires and the suspension and the like the rust and the heat and the stuff yeah, well, like there's the different rust and the heat ones have been removed basically and they're just like cool tunnels now that with like lights 
that they're oh no they're checking um your wind like your air resistance and stuff yeah but anyway we need to combine sword in the stone with test track so i think the episodic nature of sword in the stone actually works to our advantage with test track because there are these distinct portions that and also Merlin time travels, like he canonically time travels. I think this is just one of those things where it's like, okay, Merlin, like this is an episode of what Merlin has taken Arthur to experiment and play around with. So Merlin found out about cars, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of like when the genie turns into a car briefly, like yeah. Merlin magics a car into the ninth century or whenever Arthur yeah. legends are. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, I guess, I guess would Merlin be like taking apart the car and putting it back together? That would be interesting. Like Arthur goes to his house one day, Archimedes, that's the owl's name. Sorry. Got there eventually. Um, <laughs> Great. Now I can't cut it out that part. Sorry. <laughs> um, the, he like, maybe he comes to his house one day and discovers or like sees Merlin tinkering the way like with like Da Vinci style like models and it's like this is a marvelous new invention that will be created three thousand like hundreds of years in the future and they use the model like they because it's a model they shrink down to the size of like a mouse or something and then they pull a witch's kind of scene where they're driving around in the model car using magic to power it instead of a combustion engine. And... Oh, that's no fun. I want thick black smoke in, <laughs> in medieval Europe. Oh, is it like they're, like he stoked a fire in it and it's like classic like train engine style then? Maybe. Maybe. Like it's a wood so, stove. Did he... Did, wait, did he design this car himself or did he like steal it from the, from the future? I think he stole it from the future and decided to make it with like contemporary materials so it's not like made out of metal or anything or like maybe he did like steal a knight's arm suit of armor and is making it out of that <laughs> so it seems like what we have to do is like go through the different tests that ru get run on the car so for like first up is just like can, can it go forward it? and stop yeah. Can, it, can it can it can it start and stop? So you're like playing with the acceleration and the brakes, and yeah. that's just it. And then they have to figure that out. And then they start driving on different surfaces because you know they're either driving in the woods, which is off road, or they're driving on like the, the cobblestones or the table <laughs> of his house. Like, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, the shrinking thing. I want to come back to. That's okay. that's interesting. And then. They have to figure out, like, the different conditions, I guess, that they might be driving in, whether it's cold or hot. And so, yeah, then maybe that's them driving around in a fire with a shrunken <laughs> car <laughs> or in, in, a, in an ice cube. It starts to snow. Or they drive in... Well, there's not really ice boxes or anything. Maybe, like, the season starts to change. But the prestige of the ride and of this of this crossover has to be the, the speed test. Yes. And so what would that look like? So maybe he stops fiddling around with like the wood engine and he is like 
they have to escape some sort of... Usually with all the animal sequences, there's like a predator that comes onto scene and they have to escape. Like there's like a little that's, shark piranha that's thing. That's what I was going to say. It, it, there needs to be some sort of pursuit so, so they have to t- like... Like we've never gone this fast before, but they like have to go really fast to stay away from the danger. Yeah. Yeah. And Merlin like uses his magic to make them go fast instead of like the engine, like an E.T. kind of moment. So maybe it's like a fox or something or maybe like the knight's horse. Yeah. I was going to say it's got to be like it's got to be back to normal sized and they're trying to outrun a horse. And then you get a horsepower joke. That's all well and good. Yeah. And then so they're driving super fast with with the magic. And then, of course, when they get back, the car falls apart, Blues Brothers style. Yeah. And that's like, well, that was that was enough tests of this car. Let's find another piece of technology. Yeah. I could see that becoming like a little like science show to teach kids about different scientific ideas and like inventions yeah. and stuff. That would be really yeah, cute that's, as that's like a That's an interesting series. like Merlin Merlin teaches Arthur all these different lessons lessons about science and this is just an episode where it's like all the different parts of a car. Yeah. I'd actually right. be really into that. That would be re- that's like that Cat in the Hat science book series basically. Bring yeah, bring Merlin back. Merlin's such a good character too like he can be voiced by the guy from the 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 BBC show or whatever. <gasps> Colin Morgan. Bring Have... that Merlin back, but he's playing Disney's Merlin. Yes. I just want yes. Now there's a crossover. There's a crossover. <laughs> um you just made me very excited. Um cuz I love that Merlin show so much. No, I was thinking it would be Alan Tudyk because he can do a pretty good Edwin. And even though Merlin doesn't have like an Edwin strict voice, like I feel like that'd be a good fit. Yeah, too. Alan Tudyk's always a good choice. Anyway, that, that was, was a crossover. crossover. I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, we made it work. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was not the most unbearable thing to combine because Merlin and Arthur like learning about the natural world actually works as a filter for it. Yeah. So. So until next time, you can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. I guess this this will come out um, if you're in the Movies by Minute convention area, which is Philadelphia area, and you're planning on coming Try and find us and say hello. Maybe we'll see you this weekend if you're listening from another Movies by Minute podcast. Yeah. We're excited to be going. Um, This will be our first time going to one of these things, so it's exciting. And maybe in the upcoming weeks we will have guests whom we met there. Who knows? Until then, you can send us an email to amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know your favorite Merlin. Mm, There's so many. Is it Mark Strong from the Kingsman movies? Mm-hmm. Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom we can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler. And we'll see you next time to find out what song Sharpay and Troy sing. I bet it's not. You can bet on it. <laughs> <laughs>